0: Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we share wisdom and practical tips to help you grow stronger in all areas of your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who offer real-world experiences that you can apply to your own journey. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm Meredith Bell, your host, and I am committed to interviewing guests who will inspire and challenge you. And if you enjoy my show, be sure to rate and review it on your favorite platform. This podcast is brought to you by my company, Performance Support Systems. We publish software tools and books for improving the way people communicate with each other at work. You can learn more at growstrongleaders.com. And today I am really excited and so looking forward to speaking with my guest, Carl Fix. Carl, welcome to my show.
1: Thank you, Meredith. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you.
0: Oh, I'm I'm just so looking forward to our conversation. Uh, Before we jump in, though, I want to introduce you to my listeners. Carl is the founder of No Surrender. LLC, and he helps busy professionals reclaim their wellness. His fix system is a proven roadmap for endurance athletes and weekend warriors alike. His weekly LinkedIn posts and biweekly newspaper columns, both titled The Friday Fix. (laughs) That's a tongue twister, Carl. Yes. (laughs) The Friday Fix Fix. Provide strategies, tools, and inspiration to stay resourceful and resilient. And I highly recommend them. Carl is a wonderful writer. He's very um, conversational and real in the ideas that he shares and just the stories that he tells. So, Carl, you know, it's so interesting. I want to start with your career. As an attorney for 30 years, so tell us a little bit about that journey through your law career, and then what inspired you to look at getting more fit yourself, and then start a business where you help other people do that.
1: Sure, and again, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I passed the bar in 1988, and I uh, joined a small law firm, and it was a litigation-based practice. It's something that I wanted to do. I knew in law school that I wanted to uh, be a so-called litigator. I mean, you really have two sides of the ledger. You have litigation, you have transactional. Um, I found that the litigation side um, was something that I was very passionate about. It uh, got the adrenaline going. Uh, I played sports as a youth. I played them in college and I, I played them in high school. I played them in college. And frankly, being in the courtroom most clearly mimicked Uh, athletic competition. So Hmm. it's something I enjoyed and something I did for quite a long time. And in about 2013, I decided to take a detour from the practice of law. And I went the uh, non-attorney route and I ran a foundation of a local hospital for a few years. So I spent some time in the world of philanthropy And we had some great successes and I did what I could there. And I then had a hankering to get back in the law. So I returned to my law firm in 2017 and I picked up pretty much where I left off. But during all the years of uh, my litigation practice, Meredith, I just found that um, staying in shape and exercising just got me through some very long days and some very long weeks. And uh, it allowed me to, uh, again, be more resilient for things that uh, came my way, Um, especially when you're in court, you can anticipate all you want, but things come at you uh, at a high speed and you have to be uh, flexible among other things. And I just found the wellness principles and staying in shape carried over and allowed me, I think, to be more successful as as a trial attorney and as a fundraiser at the foundation.
0: So you had this habit through your career. I was just curious if you had, uh, I know you were the athlete for a long time. So did you just carry over that or was there a period when you really weren't active and you realized I need to pick that back up again?
1: Uh, Excellent question. The first few years of practice, uh, I devoted, I was 24 seven on the practice of law and I neglected um, my personal health. And it wasn't nothing nefarious. It was just, uh, I was very busy. The first four or five years of the practice of law are are really, really important. You learn your good habits and you learn your bad habits. So I was uh, deeply embedded in the practice and really ignoring my personal health, Uh, you know, 10, 12 hour days. And um, taking, I I like this metaphor, I was taking better care of my car than my body. As a young lawyer, I I never had a car in law school until my third year of law school. So when I got out, I bought a used car. And then two years into practice, I had enough for a new car, bought that new car in 1990 and took better care of that than my body. Uh, I was the guy cleaning the rims of my new car with a toothbrush um, while working 12 hours a day and eating fettuccine Alfredo at 10 at night and going to bed at 1030. And I realized it was not sustainable. So I started to pay more attention and got back in the wellness game uh, in the early 90s.
0: Well, I know you've worked with uh, attorneys and now you really are, are broadening to work with any busy professional and, and, and help them in getting back into the same routine. What are some of the objections you hear from people about making the time or taking the time to, uh, you know, focus on their own health and fitness?
1: Uh, The biggest objection is time. It's it's obviously finite and everybody is very busy, especially in the world we live in now with um, cell phones and texting. It really is 24-7. I remember, as I'm sure you do, the days when you could type in an email if you were taking a vacation saying, I will be away the week of July 5th without access to email. You really can't type that in with a straight face today, unless you are want to go cave uh, exploring. Uh, we're, we are always on 24-7. So uh, there's uh, some anxiety over, well, how can I take one half hour for myself to do this? Because I am in service to my clients, or my customers. But how do I do this? Um, So the biggest objection is is a time issue. And I'd say another objection is, well, I've been there, done that, but how can I ever get out of this hole I've dug myself in? And they they just, people need affirmation and validation. So you can show through word and deed that it is, in fact, possible.
0: Yeah, those are both really important points. And I think I'm guessing a lot of times people just feel overwhelmed at the idea of starting. You know, if they haven't been doing anything, what do you recommend for them to do in terms of initial steps so they don't feel like they have failed before they ever
1: get started? Okay, that's, that's a great question. And what I'll do is I'll draw a parallel with your book, the Strong for Performance book. Uh, you, in your chapter five, you note the classic three steps for mastering new skills. Uh, your first step is to focus. And you, you say, identify the one thing that trips you up. So um, I, in my system, the, the first step really is to formulate a goal. I think if you formulate a goal, then you've got something that is obtainable. Everybody in the business world is measured by certain, by a metric of some sort. So what is a metric but a goal? So adopt the metric that's in your business life to your personal life. And I think if you can focus, again, one of your uh, classic three steps by formulating a goal, then you at least uh, can have have a place to start and a place to look forward to. So I think that's a good way to, to, again, get out of the gates is to formulate a goal. Mm -hmm.
0: And so with that goal, um, do you recommend making it a small one initially to help them achieve some early successes or what would be an example of if if someone were coming to you and just feeling like I need help, you know, I'm just so stressed out all the time and I, I I need some relief. What's something I could do? Where would you help them start?
1: Uh, When I, I I've presented at various CLE seminars, continuing legal ed seminars and other spots, and I have a PowerPoint and under the formulate the goal, Um, I do say start small and I have a screenshot, my, my PowerPoint, there's not a lot of text. Uh, it's just kind of placeholders. My screenshot for starting small is a picture of Mount Everest. And I say, you, you really don't want to start by trying to climb Mount Everest. It it will not end well. So just start small, however you want to start small. And I'll share this um, anecdote that I got out of runner's world. There was a 65 year old gentleman in Georgia He was a two and a half pack a day smoker, and he was a little fed up with that. So what he started to do is run to his mailbox. And the first time he said he was huffing and puffing and wanted to throw up. He then went to the telephone pole. He then went to a tree down the street. He then went to a local park and he became an ultra marathoner. Ultra marathoner being defined as anyone who runs further than the marathon distance. And he said, and I love this quote. He said, it's not about the speed, it's just being out there. Slow as I go, I'm faster than my sofa. This guy started. (laughs) That's great. And that's from Runner's World. So this guy started small. He said, I'm going to run to my mailbox. Uh, When I got back in the game in the early 90s, uh, I could not run two miles without stopping. And, um, you know, I had my little pity party, I got over that pretty fast. And you'll see the incremental progress. And it's no different than in business. Uh, you have a project, you have a date that it's due, and you just systematically march towards that date and instead of trying to do it all the night before. It's not going to work. So 100% on the goal setting, start small. And it's okay too to, to dream a little. It's, it's in fact helpful. Uh, have an audacious goal if you want, and then work towards it. It's very satisfying.
0: Well, you know, it's one thing to set a goal and that get started with it. But as you know, and from reading my book, but also your own experience, it's very easy to get sidetracked or get derailed because your old habit wants to override the new way of doing it. I always like to say it's sort of like you've already got this established pattern like a superhighway. And now you want to start something new and that's like trying to drive on a gravel road or a dirt road. It's bumpy, it's uncomfortable, and it's very tempting to go back over to the old way. So what do you recommend to people to stay on track so that they don't get derailed and then give up?
1: Well, again, I'm going to, I'm going to reference your book, Meredith, in chapter seven, you, you talk about the importance of accountability and, uh, you know, you say it's one of the most important drivers in performance improvement, and there are various ways to hold yourself accountable when you journey, when you start this journey. Uh, one of them is to um, train or exercise with a friend or multiple friends um, for a lot of reasons. There's a there's a fitness app called Strava. It's got millions of users, and Strava recently reported that. People in groups exercise 10% longer. And if you bike or run in pairs, you can add 20%, 21% more distance to how far you bike or how far you run. So groups are helpful because they not only increase your fitness, but they do hold you accountable. If you have a date with a friend to meet them at the high school track to walk two miles around the track, if you're meeting at six in the morning, you don't want to let your friend down. So you know you've got to get up and you've got to go meet your friend, and that's very helpful. So the the accountability thing, um, and there's various ways to do that too. A date—if you put a date on the calendar for your goal—that is another accountability thing. I mean, that's that's every business does that. That. Um, somebody will say to their direct reports, I need this by X date. Well, there's a reason for that because they do need it. And then you work towards that goal. It's no different in fitness. So I think, um, we're, we can get derailed quite easily. So guardrails are good. And I think a guardrail is find a friend. Um, you know, you also talk in your book about belief. You said a community creates belief. And the community, the fitness community does that as well. Um, you have a, you're, you're with a like-minded person. Um, you, you believe that you can do it. It just, it's, it's helpful. Very, mm-hmm. it'll boost your self-confidence.
0: What was the name of that app again? Would you spell it?
1: Sure. Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A. V, it's a, okay. It's a v very popular, Victor. V is in Victor, S is okay. in Sam, um, Strava. It's a very popular fitness app. And uh, Strava, in fact, tracks so many things, Meredith. Uh, Some might say it's Orwellian. Uh, I happen to like Strava, but they can actually peg based on activity when people give up on their New Year's resolutions.
0: It's Mm -hmm. fascinating
1: stuff. Many Mm -hmm. times it's inside of six weeks from January 1st. Oh, interesting. So so your point, uh, you can get derailed and just give up because you get frustrated. Um, So...
0: Well, when you are working with someone just in terms of this wellness, what are the different components? Obviously exercise would be one. Do you also, you know, look at what they're eating and, you know, the, as far as consuming and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. But, um, disclaimer, I'm not a nutritionist. Um, I, what I do share is what has worked for me over the years. Um, There are uh, a lot of drinks that people consume while they're running or riding or hiking. Many of them uh, are loaded with high fructose corn syrup, and that's Mm -hmm. just not good stuff. Um, So you could tweak here, say, you know, this has worked for me. You may want to try that or, you know, good old fashioned water. Um, That's helpful. Um, I've I've tapped nutritionists over the course of time. Years ago, I was kind of plateaued on some of my training and I reached out to a nutritionist and she had me keep a food um, log for a week or two. And then we tweaked it. Uh, I worked with a coach on a couple of years ago on CrossFit and he identified my lack of protein Um, he said, you just need to up your protein and the day of a race, take in a little more protein. So little tweaks here and there, um, but without a doubt, and it's, it's really caloric intake versus caloric burn. So,
0: well, let's, let's look at, um, when somebody is just starting, let's just say they've been neglecting this. Do you recommend they invest in any equipment or what is it that you think is best for them? Uh, uh, a good way for them to start? What tools, if any, do they need?
1: I, I just think the, the first and foremost, the biggest tool, frankly, is some drive and some determination. You don't need fancy equipment. Um, there's, there were exercises, there are exercises that I do, uh, these things called box jumps, where literally you jump from the ground up onto a box. And that could be a milk crate. And you know Peloton is the rage. It's a it's a wonderful machine, and everybody's got them. You couldn't get them during the pandemic. Uh, the price point is pretty high for those those things, but people love them. Do you need a Peloton? Well, if that's what you want, that's fine. But the local high school track is free, and you can meet a friend, and you have a pair of sneakers, and you just walk around the track. Um, I do um, stair jumps, literally from the 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 ground up to the first step and then down again. Uh, so there's there are a lot of things and you'll find in local parks too, they have a lot of stations that you can use. If you wanna sit up bench, you'll find one in the local park. So there's not a huge investment. Um, frankly, that's one of the beauties of running is just putting on shoes and going. And there's not a lot of cost involved in that. So I don't think you need fancy equipment. Um, A lot of people buy treadmills and they become um, spots to hang clothes. So you got to think through that investment.
0: Well, you know, as I'm thinking about what we're discussing here, such a huge part of this is a person's belief about what's possible or not possible for them. So if you were, if I came to you and I said, you know, Carl, what you're saying makes sense. I just don't have time. You know, someone who's got a family and a job and other commitments, what do you recommend as far as helping them carve out some time for this in addition to everything
1: else they're doing? Sure. So on the steps, after you formulate a goal, you need to institute a plan and the timing is part of that plan. Um, it's the, the analogy is a flight plan. The uh, the carriers, the air carriers, they file flight plans because that's how they navigate around the country. Uh, So you got to have a plan. And when you do that, it's okay to be selfish. You can have a little me time. Um, When I worked with that coach on the CrossFit way before it became trendy, uh, he gave me 15 to 20 minute workouts. And I distinctly remember, this is 10 plus years ago saying to him, 20 minute workout, that's it. And he said, by the end of this workout, you'll be crying for your mother. <laughs> you will be in pain. And sure, he was right. So there are 15 or 20 minute workouts that you can do, but it's, it's helpful, I think, to schedule it. No different than a Zoom call. Um, it's okay to schedule a little time for yourself. And the other thing too is I'm a big believer, it works for me, may not work for everybody, to work out in the morning, because then um, your day can build off of that. And we all know in business, it's not unique to the legal profession, that the day can go sideways pretty fast. So if you get up and do your workout, and again, I'm a morning person, so it works for me, you own that. That's yours, Meredith. Nobody can take that from you. So I'm a big believer in that. Um, and do it in the morning and then you're on your way to work and whatever happens, happens, but you've got that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's okay to be a little selfish. And frankly, as a busy, as a busy professional, I don't think a half hour is, is really being selfish. You're not taking a seven day, uh, junket to Vegas. All you're doing is taking one half hour for yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's ways to minimize it too. You know, I, uh, I've, I've been a member of a gym for certain reasons. They have certain equipment that I wanted, but um, that adds time on either end. So if you really have a half hour and that's it, then put on some shoes and take a one half hour walk from your house. Then there's no, there's no commute to any gym or mm-hmm. any track. So I just think in the grand scheme of things, it's okay to give yourself a half hour.
0: Mhm. Well, and even to feel like you could break that up if you wanted to, but I'm with you. I have experimented with different activities in the morning and then doing my exercising, which might involve walking around the neighborhood or else doing yoga or pilates just, you know, here at my house. But I have found first thing before I even have my cup of coffee, which is saying a lot, <laughs> if I go ahead and get my you know, exercise in, then I feel really good and I can, you know, focus attention on other things. It sort of gets the body and the mind moving. And I enjoy that feeling after I've had that. And I'm not talking, you know, exerting, it's not quite like the 20 minute workout you were saying your CrossFit guy made you go through. (laughs) You don't have to have that extreme of a workout to benefit. Right? No,
1: no. In fact, uh, I, I read recently a study, uh, a university in France found that 15 minutes of light exercise was better for you than 15 minutes of just simply relaxing. So even, it doesn't have to be heavy duty. I've also found, Meredith, in the for what it's worth category, such clarity of thought when I work out in the morning that carries over to my work day. Uh, there was a joke. I, I would go into my partner's office and I'd say, hey, I have an idea. And he would say, oh, so you worked out this morning. It, it just <laughs> became common knowledge. And one of my former colleagues from the hospital, she's now with another organization. She text me and say, are you going riding tomorrow? And I'd say, yes. And she said, I need an idea. This is what we're doing. And I need to name it something. And I write back and I say, I'll have three ideas for you tomorrow. And I, <laughs> so, and I go off and I, and I ride and I come up with these ideas. I just find um, it's such clarity of thought. I don't ride with earbuds. I don't listen to music. I think it's unsafe. Number one, but number two, you, you can't, I can't find that clarity that, that I can when I'm just focusing on what I'm doing. So I just find um, and I've actually pulled over on my bike and pecked out notes in the notes section of my iPhone. I do carry the iPhone for safety reasons it's not not playing anything, but I have these ideas and i and I have to pull over because if I don't, I'll lose them mm-hmm. Oh so, uh, I just find incredible clarity of thought, and again it it sets the compass for my day,
0: you know. That is so cool that you mentioned, you know, not listening to music because I find that same thing, Carl. and I want to, you know, bring this up for my listeners too. For people that are high achievers, (laughs) like I am, you know, always feeling like, oh, I got to be learning. I've got to be absorbing and uh, I'll play a podcast maybe while I'm, you know, doing some exercises. But if, if instead I allow myself to just have a quiet mind. And focus on the exercise itself. That is when it opens the door to getting these creative ideas like you're talking about, because if you're filling your head with either music or a podcast or somebody else, you know, going into your head while you're trying to work out, you don't have that space for the creativity that could come if you just allowed yourself to do the one thing and let your mind play with whatever comes into
1: it. Right. I can't agree with you more. Uh, I've never run with earbuds or music. I, I enjoy hearing the footfall or whatever you might hear on your run or your ride. You might hear a babbling brook that you never knew existed. Um, you're not going to hear that if you're, if you're plugged in. Mm -hmm. And again, this 24 seven world, um, I'm a big fan of Kenny Chesney. He has a song called Noise, and it's just noise. We're bombarded with noise everywhere. Notifications on the phone. Everything's gonging and pinging and ringing. And it's just nice, again, uh, to take that half hour or even mm-hmm. that 20 minutes to just shut out the noise and
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of decompress. And then you get, you get that clarity of thought.
0: Yeah, I really want to encourage my listeners to be thinking about what, what might they do to structure their day, their time, um, so that they have this opportunity for quiet and for moving. It sounds like you're not as um, concerned about what kind of movement people make, but just to, to find something that you're you're willing to do consistently.
1: Right. I mean, I have a, a brother-in-law, I have multiple brother-in-laws, but one of them is quite the fitness buff and he will work out a lot, but he'll also, if he goes to a store, he'll park his car as far away from the store as possible. The furthest parking spot. It's just one of his habits. And there could be nobody in the parking lot and he will take the furthest spot and that forces him to walk the furthest distance to the store. It's just something that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I have a younger brother. He used to work out at a gym and they had two floors. And he always laughed when he saw people taking the elevator up to the second floor <laughs> to start their workout. <laughs> and he, he said to me once, he said, you think they'd want to take the stairs? <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, there's just little habits. No, I'm, I'm a big believer in simply moving uh, movement you know if i'm sure you know pre-pandemic you traveled a lot and so you're in an airport instead of sitting around on your iphone reading nonsense walk i mean airports are great places to walk not only do you see a lot of interesting people but you're getting exercise and you don't even know it if you look at your iphone on the health part of it you know you could walk 3 miles in an airport and not even know it mm-hmm. and, So if, you know, if you got a layover in Atlanta, we've all been stuck in Atlanta for hours, um, go go out for a walk and you don't have to go outside, just stay in the terminals. And Mm -hmm. so little things like that. um, It's just movement. I'm just a big believer in movement.
0: Well the other thing that I remembered um I think you had written this or maybe I heard you say it that getting fit is a marathon and not a sprint. So talk about the distinction you're making there between those two.
1: Sure. Uh, things take time. I mean um you know in the legal profession it takes a while to to gain a book of business. No different in in other uh, businesses where you accumulate a customer list, and these things take time. They're not going to happen overnight. You know, uh, Dorothy clicked her heels and she was in Kansas, but that was the movies. That doesn't happen in business or real life or in fitness. Um, I've I, given the example be, right before I went to the hospital in two thousand thirteen. My last trial before I did that was in New York in twenty twelve. And that was for an accident a barge accident on the Hudson river that occurred in 2004. So that was eight years, Meredith, that's a long time. Um, and that's just really illustrative of some things. They take a long time. So if you, if you say, gosh, I'd really love to run the New York city marathon. Well, that's a, that's an audacious goal and that's a good one. Uh, you're not going to be able to train for one month and do that. It's going to take a little more time. So, um, you you can if you want to sprint sprint, but uh, I think the marathon distance is really a metaphor for life, and there's also a lot of lessons there. Like flexibility is one of them. Um, you know, you could train for a marathon in optimum weather conditions, and the morning of the marathon it could be raining horizontally. So how do you react to that? It's no different than if you're giving a sales presentation and the and the tech floor falls out from under you. How? how do you deal with that? Mm. You've got to be flexible. So there's a lot of little life lessons buried in these things that you can apply to your business life.
0: Yes. So talk about what kind of services you offer these days. If somebody felt like, man, maybe I need to talk to Carl, he could help me with getting back into shape. Talk about the
1: services you provide. Sure. So it, there's one-on-one coaching. If somebody, uh, you know, needs some help with the formulating the goal and instituting the plan and carrying through with the plan, uh, I can do that. I also uh, speak to larger groups uh, instead of one on, I mean, I love one-to-one, but I could do one-to-many and do some training where, you know, lunch and learns, for instance, I, I, those are helpful. A lot of business folks will bring in people to speak to their teams uh, and then they find 45 minutes or an hour is a, is a nice little chunk of time and just give some uh, strategies for people to, to stay resilient, just a little takeaway. And that that was frankly the genesis for my Friday fix. It's uh, It's obviously a pun on words, but it's just one, I try to give one little nugget of wisdom that may help somebody even one person kind of get through the week. Um, you know, one of my recent posts was the courage to continue. And that's a Winston Churchill quote. Uh, it's really the courage to continue that counts. And in that post, I detailed some of my failures um, that I've learned from. And really it's the courage to continue that counts. How do you deal with that? Um, so again, the one to many. Um, I love to speak to groups. It's, um, I loved when I was in court. <laughs> And I love to speak to groups. So, you know, there's that piece of it as well. And as I mentioned, I did, I've done some seminars, continuing legal education for lawyers. um, So I can do that as well.
0: Great. So Carl, tell people where they can learn more about your services, read your blog, read your articles so that they can have a regular dose of your insights and wisdom, but also find out how they might learn more
1: about working with you. Sure, so my website is CarlFix, C-A-R-L-F-I-C-K-S.com. And I've got uh, something on the website that I'd love to offer to your uh, audience and your community. And it's 10 steps to getting back in the game. And these are 10 steps that have worked for me over the years. And I would invite your audience to uh, be curious uh, maybe one or two would work. Maybe all of them would work. Um, but they can find that at carlfix.com forward slash free. Free. So okay. carlfix.com forward slash free. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with anybody and that's just Carl R. Fix Jr. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my, some of my longer pieces are on LinkedIn. They're also on my website, um, the Friday fixes I have not yet gotten on my website, but I'm in the process of doing that. Great. Uh, and these are the, again, the shorter posts, um, which I, I have gotten some great feedback. It's just, um, some folks find them inspirational. And again, just one little nugget of advice. That's, uh, just something that might help somebody get through uh, a busy week.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's so much of what people are looking for these days, Carl, you know, if we can just get a quick tip that can be helpful. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about your articles and your posts is you're really looking to be practical. So I want to encourage my listeners to go to Carl's website. We'll be sure and put this on the show notes page Mm -hmm. uh, to learn more about what he has to offer, but also to pick up this Um, free uh, gift that he is providing to my audience and definitely connect with him on LinkedIn. He's always striving to provide really valuable information in his posts. So Carl, thank you so much for your commitment to help other people, you know, get healthier, stay healthy and live longer, more satisfying lives that uh, feel good because they are moving.
1: Well, Thank you, Meredith. Again, it's it's been a pleasure and a privilege to be with you. And uh, it's just something I'm very passionate about. And I think it's, it's helped me in my career. Uh, and I think um, coming out of this pandemic, this was a big deal. And uh, people suffered uh, on many levels. People have suffered loss, but also um, their health has suffered, uh, whether it was purposeful or not. And as we emerge from this, I think it's even more important to uh, become a little more resourceful and resilient uh, to see, to prepare for what comes down the pike next.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So I, and and you, to me, are such a wise person for people to talk to because you know. From your all your years of litigation, how to deal with these unexpected surprises that life throws at us? <laughs> uh, you, you had yeah. those so often in the courtroom, and I think you've got so many skills that could be beneficial to folks. So,
1: well, thank you so much. And yes, it um, and that's not unique to the legal profession. There are curveballs that are thrown at everybody. That's right. Um, you know, you you show up for work one day and it can go sideways fast. It's something you may not have anticipated, but mm-hmm. it's, it's how you react. And again, it's that courage to continue when something doesn't go your way. That's, mm-hmm. that's very important. Um, and again, it, uh, ties into your book. I just, I, I loved it where you, you mentioned that, uh, a community creates belief and that is the belief that it's possible for you to achieve something. And, uh, the fitness community is very welcoming and, and it will embrace people. And um, I think it will just be, it's a helpful business tool.
0: That's great. We'll uh-huh. keep doing the good work you're doing and through your interview here. Hopefully we're helping to spread the word about what, what services you can provide to others. Thank you. Thank you again, Meredith. It's
1: been okay. a pleasure.
0: Thanks, Carl. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to GrowStrongLeaders.com slash free and grab our ebook Listen Like a Pro. You'll find out how to connect on a deeper level with the people who matter to you. And while you're there, check out our two books, Connect with Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.